Hello and welcome back to the Dragon's Den podcast. I'm your host, Austin Matra, joined with me in studio today. In person. With Robert Jones. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's great to be back. Back in the good old land, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, today, you know, we just wanted to get a special NFL preview going for you and, you know, talk about some of the NFL head coaching changes that are going on across the league. Yeah. Yep. So I think we got to start with the obvious here. Jim Harbaugh, a five-year deal to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. What do you think? That's really confusing because he led his alma mater to a national championship. You think he want to keep that streak going, but you signed, you're on top. Um, hey, man, you get accused of cheating and your program goes to shit, you can say, hey, I got the one, and yeah. then I left. It's not my fault. Who has it better than us? Exactly. Nobody. But leading back into this, he did have interviews with the Chargers. He also planned to have a second interview yesterday, as in Wednesday, January 24th with Atlanta. But he canceled that hours before accepting the L.A. job. With that also, Michigan, back in college, was offered to make Jim Harbaugh the highest paid coach in college football history, which deserves, not deserves, I don't know. But leading your alma mater national championship really rushing season number one team in the land stomped on um alabama washington national championship barely beat alabama in overtime in the rose bowl but it's a really interesting hire it's i think it's great yeah yeah i mean the chargers are one of those teams where they have talent like if you look at that roster clearly there's a lot of talent there and you can't deny that herbert keenan allen who's getting older Mike Williams, maybe Quentin Johnson. I don't really want to, you know. Yeah. You know, got some good pieces on the line, like Gerald Everett. They got a good offense, you know, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James on defense, to name a few mm-hmm. more pieces. Like, they have a really good team there. It's just coaching always, you know, kind of had them falling apart. I also feel like that roster construction is kind of a little toughy. There's a lot of older guys on large contracts, such as Bosa, Doran James on large contracts, both really good people. Cleo Mack had a Pro Bowl season. I would say that contract is worth it now. I don't think we would have said that beginning of the season. Yeah, but he single-handedly almost winning the game. That game against the Raiders and Aiden O'Connell's first start. But then again, you look at your end-of-season totals, you finish with 12 sacks, and you get half of them in one game. Like... You know, you got to consider that. But he does deserve it this year, I will say. But like I said, you know, they're in that win-now mode. They have a roster. They don't need a rebuilding coach. They want Harbaugh to come in and just bring that success that he brings wherever he goes. But we did have Jim Harbaugh in the past. Did have some NFL experience. Led the San Francisco 49ers through Super Bowl against his brother, which I'm going to come back to in a little bit. That was a really legendary team. Patrick Willis, Navarro Ballman, I believe Alden Smith was on that team before he had some trouble. Colin, yeah, like rookie Alden Smith. Mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick led the helm. Randy Moss was on that Super Bowl team, too. I don't think some people knew that. Vernon Davis was on that team, had also really good O-line. That was a really good team, faced his brother in loss. But, you know, you know what we're going to see next year? The Harbaugh 2, Electric Boogaloo. Mm-hmm. You know where it's hosted? L.A.? Yeah, baby. The script's all coming together. Then once they post the Super Bowl colors and it's some baby blue and some, you know, a little purple again. Oh, no, wait. I thought it was a green and purple. Oh, no, wait. They're in the same division. So they can't even play in the Super Bowl. It would have to be the AFC championship. They're both in the AFC. Yeah, not division, but... Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. So maybe we'll get an AFC championship then. Why the fuck does everyone think it's going to (laughs) be Jets-Vikings? Everyone, like, I've seen that so many times. It's just such a random matchup to be repeated like that. Like, where is that coming from? Someone must have said, yo, Jets-Vikings Super Bowl, and it caught on at some point. I've caught Eagles. Eagles need a little help. But uh, anyway, I digress. But like I said, Jim Harbaugh is... An amazing coach. And I really think that he's going to bring that Chargers team to that next level of success. You know, the Harbaugh hire to me is like what the Broncos tried to do with Sean Payton last year. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels to me, but done right. Like, you have the team. Like, the Broncos thought they had the team, and they thought they were going to get a good coach. Eh, 
see either of those. The Chargers had a good team, and they brought in a good coach. You know, like, it just seems like they're trying to do what they did, but better, and not having to give up draft picks for it. Mm. So, uh, you know, I think power to them. I really like to watch the Chargers. You know, Justin Herbert's great. Yeah, and I love their social media team. Shout out Chargers social media. Oh, Literally some of the best <laughs> in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. We're going to P.F. Chang's. Did you see the P.F. Yeah, Chang's one? Wife. Yes. There was also one I think I saw on TikTok. It was like they had a, they edited someone's like cartoon room. And it was just all pictures of Jim Harbaugh saying goodnight, Pookie. Good night, Pookie Bear. <laughs> yeah, no. So I. I really think Harbaugh is a great signing for them, you know, and that leads us to the next head coach that got signed most recently, which was Antonio Pierce. Amazing fit. Amazing hire by the Raiders. I think they finally got their guy. Do you think there was some, like, a little pressure into that? Do you see what Max Crosby said about that coach hiring? Uh, yeah, but here's the thing, right? Like, with the Raiders, they always, the last couple of years, they've always had a head coach that doesn't embody that Raider spirit. And then they get, they fire their coach midway through the year. They get an interim coach. The interim coach, like. They were doing good that, that um, last stretch of the NFL season. Yeah, like in like this time they did with Pierce last time. I forget the coach's name, but I remember they had to play Jeff Saturday. There's that whole shit show. Yeah. But like the Raiders always bring in these great coaches that are interim coaches for them play amazing, get the team behind them down the stretch, and then they try to hire a quote-unquote guru, and it all goes to shit. Mm -hmm. So I think just sticking with their guns with Pierce is great because players seem to love him. Like, it's just an all-around really great fit. The thing that confuses me is them hiring the Chargers GM, the Chargers old GM. Yeah. Like, you could argue he built a good roster, but then again, it's just kind of all up in the air. Like... There are a lot of busts that he drafted. Kenneth Murray, you could argue, you know, J.C. Jackson signing didn't work out. Like, there's a lot of that stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, they signed. Yeah. What you were alluding to what you were saying, they signed Josh McDaniel, McDaniels, who never really had a good stint as a head coach with the Broncos. Ever. Was the Colts for, like, two seconds. Before that, they had Rich, I don't know how to pronounce that last name, Rich Basekia. That was the old uh, interim yep. coach. Yep. Before that, it was John Gruden. Yeah. Offensive minds didn't really work out so Ten well. Ten-year deal went to shit. Before that, was Jack Del Rio, who had a 25-23 and 23 record. And Just absolutely mid. The only thing that came out of that, I believe, was the car era. And then that's all I can really remember off the top of my head. These were some OGs. Dennis Allen was a former Dennis coach. Allen. Hugh Jackson. Yeah, like a lot. The Raiders just like retreads of coaches. They always. Bill Callahan. Like a lot of those older coaches are good, but as you come up newer, like they're always trying to retread and like gain on previous success that they've had and it never works, which is why I think someone like Pierce is going to be great for them. Mm -hmm. Then the next team, Gerard Mayo to the Patriots. Yep, you got an OG player coming back as a head coach coming from his. The previous legendary head coach of Bill Belichick leaving. Yeah. I like it. Like, I think that was either Mayo or Vrabel's job. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I I love Vrabel. I love me some Vrabel. And I think it's good that he didn't go there because their roster is kind of depleted. So you're just kind of walking into, like, a time bomb. So I don't think that they would be that good. But I think Mayo, you know... I like him because he's not trying to be Belichick. He's trying to be like him. Like, mm -hmm. and he was in that building. Like, it's not like he's going to another team too, which I feel like is often the issue. You know, like these people try to put the Patriot way in a non-Patriot stadium. He's still running the Patriots. So I feel like it'll be easier to transition from being, you know, DC to head coach. And he also was saying that they had a lot of cash to spend this offseason. I think that was a little intriguing to him, too. Yeah, but did they even hire a GM yet? No, it I was Bill Belichick. So. Yeah, so... So it's probably see. Robert... Well, I know the owner usually always has somewhat of a say. Or Kraft a lot gets of a, a lot of a say. So maybe it was just... It could maybe be Kraft who's a GM, which... 
I highly doubt, but it could be a possibility. I don't, I don't think he's going to be the GM. I'm sure they're going to hire someone. And then to the last head coach hiring, the one that makes like zero sense to me, the whole fucking situation in Tennessee. So you have Mike Vrabel, who is a good coach. Yeah. Brought that team to AFC championship, multiple playoff berths, right? And coach of the year. And coach of the year. You know, almost got got Derrick Henry 2,000 yards. Like, amazing coach. Mm -hmm. And has had one of injuries, you know, his team starting to age out. You know, his GM situation was a shit show. He was never given a good roster. And despite that, he fights to stay competitive. You know, A.J. Brown has, well then second best offensive player taken from him and you get Traylon Burks back really you know you lose Kevin Byard you get whatever picks when Harold Landry tore his ACL to be in the end of last season you know that was your whole pass rush consistently Mike Vrabel finds a way he reminds me of Tomlin he gets eh, not really but he gets a lot more out of his players than you would think like, the Titans are one of those teams that can come in and just surprise you. They'll punch you in the mouth with, well, they would with Derrick Henry, you know, and they'd catch you surprised. And obviously now things are starting to change, you know. You know, you still have Tajay Spears, who I think is good. Chigakonkwo, I think, is going to develop into a good middle-of-the-road, upper-level tight end. Like, you know, kind of like tight end eight in the league is, I'd say, like his, you know, ceiling. And, you know, you got D-Hop, you got Levis, but I see, like, wanting to bring in someone like Brian Callahan to develop him, but to fire Vrabel like that, it just seemed like maybe they were trying to usher in a new era of, like, the young QB and all this Mm. stuff. But I just, I don't like it. Like, it's just, you gave Vrabel a year with, like, a rookie GM, gave him awful teams, and, oh, Sorry about that, buddy. You got to go. So I hope that Vrabel goes somewhere great, lands on his feet, and rebuilds another team because I love watching him play. But, you know, I think Brian Callahan, if they were to bring someone in, he's a good choice. They were able to work very well with, you know, Joe Burrow and that offense and got things clicking even with Browning later on in the year. So I think that's a decent hire. I just don't like how it was done. Well, Brian Callahan, he was the guy running, of course, the Bengals offense. He was very big in aiding Joe Burrow's progression. Well, we'll we'll get to the second part of that. I mean, minus having Derrick Henry, one of the best halfbacks in the NFL, that passing offense was terrible. I mean, you have Will, Will Levis didn't do that bad this year. Yeah, he was still a rookie. didn't really have high expectations for him. Before that, it was Ryan Tannehill. Who was the quarterback before that? Feel like before Ryan Tannehill, it was Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. Oh, my God. That's a name. You had A.J. Brown, and now he's a premier all-pro. You had DeAndre Hopkins for a year. It's not the same, but I feel maybe getting an offensive mind on that team was a good way. They've always had a middle-tier defense that hold them well, but their offense was not doing too well. Yeah, their defense always played up. Like, Vrabel always coached the shit out of that defense. Like, I remember back in the day when they had Jayon Brown at middle linebacker and some of those... I forget the other linebacker he played next to. The other middle linebacker. Shred Evans? I don't know. But basically, like, he always got so much more out of that defense than you'd expect, you know? Caleb Farley, another miss by the GM, like, you know, trying to get him defensive help, and he's often injured. Injured. I love Caleb Farley. I want to see him succeed, especially, you know, after the terrible news with his father this year. I really love watching him play, but simply put, like, he hasn't been on the field and affecting the game that much. So I, you know, I want to see Vrabel go to a team like the Commanders. I think, you know, you give him Brian Johnson, you give him that defense, I think we'll make that defense good again. I don't want that to happen. Stay you don't want that to happen, but I don't care. The NFCs. And then, you know, you get someone like, what's his name? He was there. Who's the OC this year? Man, I'm forgetting names. For, For the commanders. Oh, Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. You know, I think those two would be a very good pairing together. So, well, there's a lot. I mean, Panthers, mm-hmm. 
The Panthers fired their head coach. I honestly have no idea what they're going to do. I feel like a lot of people are saying Ben Johnson wanted to go to the Chargers. So I could see, you know, him wanting to take over a team like the Panthers and put his mark on it as a young OC. Imagine him going to the Falcons, though. Yeah, but the Falcons seem very keyed in on Belichick at this point. We'll get to that also. Yeah, I mean, like, there's just so many good weapons to use there, I think. No, they're not weapons, they're decoys. If you're Arthur Smith, that's that's kind of why I'm I'm sketchy of seeing Vrabel go to Atlanta because he Arthur Smith was his OC for the, all those years with Derrick Henry and So you think you're going to see like the same thing? I don't think so. I think Vrabel's not I think Vrabel will know, "Hey, I have Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts and Drake London and noted tight end Johnny Smith." And he'll be like, "You know what? Like I can utilize these weapons better." But I'm also scared that 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 whole offense is going to be wasted for another year. So, you know what? I don't really know. But I think, like, to me, it seems like Bill Belichick's a great fit for the Falcons. Yeah. Vrabel's a great fit for the Commanders. Panthers, I'd say, you know, Ben Johnson. And then there's a couple other. I can see the Seahawks getting. It's the Panthers, D.C. It's a viral... I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I think he'd be a good fit for the Seahawks. I mean, the Panthers' defense have been very underrated. Oh, no, yeah. Past um, they've had Brian Burns off the edge. They made Jeremy Chin like a premier safety before it kind of a little bit fell off, kind of putting him a little off. Isaiah Simmons put him on quarterback roll. sometimes. Yeah. Maybe a blitzing linebacker, a sub-linebacker, put him back at safety. They have Derek Brown looking like a Derek really? Brown, Frankie Louvu came over from the Jets and has been great for them. They have J.C. Horn starting cornerback, cornerback one. They've had a really good... Yator Gross Masos, you know, like outside linebacker. He's mm-hmm. a nice like key piece. You, like, mm-hmm. you can move him, you can play edge, you can play some off ball, a little bit of both. Yeah, well, Jairo Evero is his name. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to... Hopefully I'm not butchering it. You know, he's been a great DC, and I could see that. A lot of people have been saying Aaron Glenn, and that's one name I just don't get. The Lions defensive coordinator, you know, ex-Jet legend, played great for us, you know, one of our first elite cornerbacks. But, like, I can't get the taste of Nick Mullins throwing for 400 yards in a play. And, like, I don't know. I just, I don't think they have, like, a great defense. I think you have great players like Hutch and Brian Branch and... Jack Campbell, but like I don't that's not a complete defense. Yeah. Like you have good players, but what are two safeties gonna do when you get chewed up underneath the field? You know? What's Hutch gonna do when you double team him and no one else is getting pressure as much? I don't like that higher. I think he could be a good DC, but I wanna see more under his plate. You know, I don't wanna have to hire him and be all confused like Vic Fangio you know like Miami's like you know what we don't really want like he wanted to leave be closer to Philadelphia you know Philadelphia was looking for a DC so they hired him and I think that's perfect you know Vic Fangio had a great track record they hired him already I think they're going to yeah okay and the thing with Fangio is blitzes a lot uses like the cornerbacks are relatively the same. Like, there's a downgrade because they kind of had a rough season this year, but yeah. same age-ish style of cornerbacks, man corners, you know, great edge rushers to blitz with. You know, just dreaming up all the things that Nolan Smith is going to do with fucking Vic Fangio is insane. He's going to pull off some crazy, you know, speed-to-power transitions and absolutely ruin some defense or offensive lines i hope mm-hmm. you know and like he just seems like a good fit like you know he's a dc he's proven like it's a perfect move like i just don't see that anywhere with aaron glenn and then for our last bit of head coaching news or not head coaching coaching carousel ish news. yeah you know the Bengals. ryan callahan left so who's who's the offensive coordinator now Cortland alumni dan pitcher 2010 quarterback dan pitcher Congrats to Dan, even though he's not listening. Yeah. You know, I thought he was going to get an OC job last year. Mm -hmm. You know, I heard through the grapevine that 
there was rumors that he was getting, you know, interviews and stuff like that. But I'm glad he finally got his shot with the Bengals. And I hope he fucking kills it this year. Jamar Chase fantasy football. I've never owned a Jamar Chase, actually. No, I I did the past four weeks when Joe Burrow got injured. <laughs> and I also had Joe Burrow, too. But thank God I also had Brock Purdy. Yeah. How'd you do in fantasy this year? Now that the season's over. I went 11-3 and three and got clapped in the first rounds. See, I was the opposite. I snuck into the playoffs, you know, with my my dad's league. Yeah. You know, all, all his buddies, you know. What'd you like, win? 1300 bucks. Yeah. yeah, no, I snuck into the playoffs with my ragtag group led by, like, Kyron Williams and, like, six waiver wire ads. Yeah. And I just ran the gauntlet, and that was the really best way. Baker Mayfield, Jake Browning, and Zach Wilson, surprisingly. I started Zach Wilson in one of the games, and he went off for us. I think it was the week before the playoffs, but I had to win anyway, so it was like a playoff game. But With my league, a little thing in the my league is we have three guys, two twins and their dad, who second year going into fantasy, and the dad picked Justin Tucker in the second round last year. So I went and going like, you know, it, we're 50-50. There's some people you can easily finesse and trade, which has happened in the past. But Yeah, somebody in my league traded Josh Jacobs for Rahid Shahid and paid the guy getting or no, paid the guy giving him Josh Jacobs twenty bucks. Got mad when I enforced commissioner rule on him. <laughs> and yet Rashid Shahid still finished with higher yeah. points than Josh Jacobs. So this year I started with Travis Kelsey, seventh overall, which okay, that's fine. All right. Then I got Saquon Barkley in the second round, iffy. But I got C.D. Lamb in the end of the third round. I followed that up with Chris Olave kind of in the fifth, sixth round. And then I got D.J. Moore in the eighth round. D.J. Moore's been electric this year. So, Moore and Pittman brought me. So I had Brock Purdy, Saquon, Josh Jacobs, I think. Toward the end, I forgot who my... Oh, no, Isaiah Pacheco, D.J. Moore... Chris Olave as a flex, Travis Kelsey, C.D. Lamb, Cowboys defense, and then Albury, the kicker from the Cowboys. Brandon Albury, yeah. Brandon Albury, thank you. And then I got destroyed 160-80 to 80 in the divisional. That happens. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I'm I'm happy I made it to the finals now. I'm thinking about with, the, with that prize money, I'm going to, I kind of want to buy a belt. And wear it to the draft next year and talk like a, shit. Like a championship belt? Every time I draft, like, you know, like I go up to the draft board, I remember one year they're like, oh, you got a real confidence in that pick. Is that a league winner? Like, they always chat shit. So and I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you want to see my fucking league winner pick? <laughs> right here. So, you know, it's a good time. And, dude, I it's like rumor has it. Like, so, like, I was, I'm like the oldest, like, out of everyone's kids. And now they're all growing up. Now, rumor has it that we're going to have two fantasy leagues and there's going to be, like, promotion relegation between the leagues <laughs> with all the kids and stuff. Like, start the kids league. I'm like, listen, I deserve to be in the adult league, okay? Like, yeah. made the playoffs the last two years. Like, send someone else down and <laughs> not me. So, I don't know. But I will say, dude, Michael Pittman and DJ Moore, they were good this year. I can't wait to see Michael Pittman to, to uh, Anthony Richardson to Michael Pittman next year. I want this now on record. What did I do this season? Who did? What did I call a legendary legacy game with DJ Moore? What did I text you at 10 a.m. that day? The game where DJ Moore dropped like 250 yards and like two touchdowns. He te- Rob texted me and he's like, yo. Trust me, we got a DJ Moore legacy game. And, like, we've called it, like, before, like, you know, like, oh, you know, he gets 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Holy shit, <laughs> DJ Moore went off. That was a fun game. I remember you being like, no, not true. Then we got our meeting at night. No, it's not happening. You're stupid. And then when he Like, I, up, I wanted it to happen. I just didn't think it was going to happen. So. Yeah, I saw it firsthand. Commanders. Terrible secondaries. Oh, God, who is the Emmanuel Forbes is the cornerback they drafted? Yep. Over Deontay Banks. And he got benched halfway through that game. Yeah. Uh, Should have gotten Deontay Banks, I'll say that. Great right. pick for you guys. Yep. 
Anyways, let's get into some fun little playoff action. Mm-hmm. Go a little split half and half. Let's start with the Lions Bucks game. That was a really interesting game. It was kind of a lot of back and Lions forth. Lions are frauds. Really? Yeah. Spit. Wow. Shout out to my friend who's a Lions fan. You know who you are. Screw you. You're annoying as fuck. That's mm-hmm. that's why I think the Lions yeah. are frauds. But I, I do genuinely think like they're not ready. They're not. I mean, 23 to like they played the two easiest teams in the NFC playoffs so far. You played the Eagles and you played the Bucks. Like the Eagles fell the fuck apart at the end of last year. Or no, they didn't play the Eagles, excuse me. They played the Rams and the Bucks. The Rams are pretty good. I thought that was a good game. You know, and I thought they played pretty good there. But, like, the Bucks, like, the other side of the bracket, you have the Packers, you have the Cowboys, you know, like, all these other good teams, the Niners, et cetera. And they get to play Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, I just feel like... Tampa Bay beat the Eagles, though. Yeah, but, like, the Eagles weren't good. The Jets, the Jets beat the Eagles with Zach Wilson and none of their starting cornerbacks. Yeah. That should have been the indicator that, oh, shit, something's wrong. Then they got back on their shit for another, like, four weeks, and then they fell off. We almost beat you with Tommy DeVito as quarterback. Yeah, but you also had negative passing yards, so, like... Hey, we almost won. <laughs> you didn't, though. <laughs> I mean, you know, Rashad White, great player for them. You know, fantasy top five running back this year. Really loved watching him play. You know, Baker showed out. I think Baker is going to be a great keep. For, yeah. I think he should stay in well, Tampa. Well, he's a free agency, and I'm seeing that the Vikings have interest in him. I think he's. I think he did exactly like he's. He went out. He showed. You know what? Fuck those guys over in Cleveland. You know, I want to prove myself. This is how I'm going to do it. And he showed up, played great for them, led them to the playoffs. I mean, ten and nine division round berth. I think is more than anyone thought they would get. Yeah. So props to them. You know what's funny about this dude? There was a lot of talk, kind of a lot toward the first quarter of Mike Evans just dropping a lot of passes. But if you look at the game, the game log, he had eight receptions for 147 yards and a touchdown. I found it interesting how they didn't really, like, obviously Mike Evans was going to be part of that game plan. Just the way, like, like I mentioned, Nick Mullins threw for 400, Baker threw for 349, three touchdowns, two picks. Like, that passing defense just gets lit up. So I think the Niners are going to, like, kill them, you know? Yeah. And especially with the run game. Uh, uh, I just feel like they're not ready to play the Niners. I feel like I'm kind of going a little bit ahead of myself, but if we also look at this game log, minus Amonra, Slaporta, and both their halfbacks, no other receiver had more than two receptions. So if you really stop... Hey, they got Zach Gertz now. <laughs> so if you stop Amonra, maybe put him as like a Ocho Cinco double team, and you have Fred Warner against Sam Laporta, which... Could do well because Laporta also has a really bad leg. I don't know if it's hundred percent healed. You really could potentially stop them, minus if you have like Gibbs on a Texas or an out route. But Jared Goff's gonna throw for a lot of yards. Is it gonna be effective? I don't know. But if I feel if you really stop St. Brown and Laporta, you have a really good rushing defense. I'm going a little bit ahead of myself. Maybe I'll save what I was gonna say next, but it kind of looks like Amonra had eight receptions. Laporte had nine receptions. I can't even imagine how many targets. Gibbs, Gibbs was definitely like the focal point of that offense. Nine for 74, touchdown, and then you also have four for 40 receiving. Mm. Once they can unlock Jamison Williams effectively, I think that's when they're really going to transform. If you can really use him to stretch the field and then use Amonra and Laporta like kind of as middle of the like not middle of the field but like you use Williams to stretch it deep you use kind of Amonra and Laporta for that short medium passing game and then you also have Gibbs you know Josh Reynolds all these other guys I think yeah. they're gonna be pretty good but you never know and like you said you know I I think the Lions aren't I did say they're frauds because I think they're losing but they're not awful they have some good weapons but i think the niners just match up too well i also wanted to ask your opinion on one more thing cd cj garner johnson whatever his name is 
He's a really good player. It's just I forgot because I know he changed his name. He got a deflecting interception and gave the ball right back to Baker Mayfield. It was also t- talking trash on his live on. Maybe it could have been X or Instagram after the game. They were a little bit back and forth. Now, talking shit's part of the game, right? You got to get in their head yeah. and I, everything. I'm really, like, everyone in America, minus California, is really hoping for the Lions to win the Super Bowl. But part of me wants them to lose just because of that happening. They let that little thing in you. Yeah. But... Let's go to switching gears. This was a closer game than we thought, Niners and Packers. Well, I'm going to be real. I didn't even watch the game. Like, I saw it, mm-hmm. but, like, I wasn't really, like, watching it. Like, I just had, I had it on the side. But I will say, Jordan Love only threw for 194, two picks, two touchdowns. But yeah. the box score is not showing how good of a performance he had. He went on the road to San Francisco with a team that no one even thought would be here. Knocked off the Cowboys, took the Niners to three points. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, Aaron Jones looks like he's back. 18 mm-hmm. carries for 108 yards. You know, I, it's pretty impressive from that young group of guys, you know. I really like watching them. And, you know, one thing I found interesting, A.J. Dillon's a free agent, right, coming up? Mm-hmm. Not a single rush. Yes. But, you know, like, you got... Like, just looking at their list of receivers, right? Romeo Dubs, Christian Watson were great draft picks last year, you know. Christian Watson, hard to stay on the field when he's healthy. But, you know, I think he's I mean, a good talent when he's there. Jaden Reed drafted this year. Great talent for them at receiver. Bo Melton, you know, speedy slot receiver out of Rutgers. Luke Musgrave, an elite toolsy tight end. Tucker Kraft, you know, kind of on the other end of the spectrum, more of a blocker, you know. Like, they've just got so many... Dontavian Wicks, I didn't even mention. Like, there's genuinely so many weapons. And it's good for a real NFL team. Like, fantasy football, God, no. But, like, when you have this many weapons, like, Romeo Dubs, four catches. Jaden Reed, four catches. Bo Melton, one. Luke Musgrave, three. Emmanuel Wilson, one. Christian Watson, one. Tucker Craft, three. Aaron Jones, three. Ben Sims, one. Like, just the plethora of weapons they have at their disposal is so good because you can spread it to all these different receivers who are good at all these different things. And it's just electric to watch, especially with the love of spreading the ball. I love it. You know, and you have a lot of young pieces on defense too, like, you know, Lucas Van Ness, Quay Walker, to name a few, Devontae Wyatt. I think secondary was burnt toast toward the end of that season. But I mean, Hayer isn't good. One good cornerback can't save a defense. Yeah. But one good cornerback could make a defense elite. Like, you could have one amazing cornerback and two other shitty cornerbacks, and you're going to be screwed. But you could have, like, three, like, average, you know, cornerbacks, and then adding the elite one makes it so much better because then you double the other guy. You know what that reminds me a lot of? But I don't, they don't, the thing about the Jets defense, they kind of run somewhat different. They have sauce. And DJ Reed, but the thing with them too is they both play in halves. Yeah, they don't they don't travel. They'll just play their side of the field, which is good because both of them are amazing. And then you have Michael Carter in the slot, and I think that their cornerback trio is insane. Yeah. At one point, Sauce, at like I think it was like week thirteen or fourteen. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if it continued to the end of the season, but Michael Carter and Sauce Gardner were like. Number one and number two out of the three corners who allowed the least amount of yards in the NFL. But back to this, I want to go with you talking about A.J. Dillon. I feel like they weren't rushing A.J. Dillon because last five games, Aaron Jones had rushed for more than 100 yards each game. More than 18 rushing attempts each game. Starting Christmas Eve against the Panthers, he had 21 for 127. Against the Vikings on the 31st, 20 for 120. First, the Bears, 22 for 111. And it's the Cowboys, 21 rushing attempts, 118 yards, three touchdowns. Then he followed up against one of the best rushing defenses in the league with Hargraves in the middle. They have Bosa. I'm missing somebody else on that O-line. Chase Young. And he went 18 for 108. So, yeah, A.J. Dillon gives me PTSD on the Madden vibes. But... Well, what was it, quad father? Yep, but he still is a good halfback. But I feel like they'd rather give it to Aaron Jones, who had the hot hand. And he, 
he's been getting it done. I mean, yeah, he's been getting a little more than the average rushing attempts, but he's really showing with all these games. He's had more than five rushing yeah, I mean, especially the playoffs, too, against the Cowboys. And then, like you mentioned, the Niners, it's it's yep. insane. And then, you know, looking at the Niners, I think this game's going to be important for Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. I-, I feel like there's going to be the Lions are going to try to get to Purdy, and then Purdy, it's going to be him having to spread the ball. You know, yeah. Christian McCaffrey had another great game, you know, 17 carries, 98 yards, two touchdowns, seven for, th- seven for 30 is pretty low for him receiving. I feel like, but they once again spread the ball around. You know, Debo two catches, CMC seven, Ayuk yeah. three, Jawan Jennings had five, Kittle had four. You know, and then obviously that crazy defense. I I think that they're going to be pretty good. I think it's going to be a pretty even matchup. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see the Niners, you know, hopefully pull it out. It is going to be a very good game. And, you know, then I'll get to see the winners of this in a little bit in a couple weeks or so. But honestly, there's no bad options left. Mm -hmm. I think any of these teams could win the Super Bowl. I think the Lions are obviously the farthest shot from it. And then here's the thing. The Ravens are a better team than the Chiefs. Mahomes in the playoffs, like, he's just Mahomes in the playoffs. He's going to give you a rough time no matter what. We saw it this week. The Chiefs had their worst team ever. And the Bills had their best team ever. And we'll talk about that in a little bit with our special guest. But it's absurd. It really is because of just the level of play that Mahomes brings to the playoffs. And he could win any week, you know. And then Lamar Jackson, I think the AFC championship is going to be the one to watch. I agree. Because I I feel like the NFC one is going to get could get out of hand with the Lions. I feel like it's going to be more watched. Oh, the Lions, everybody. And then they're going to lion it up, for lack of a better term. You know, or jet it up or whatever you want to say. And I I really think that that's going to get out of hand. Yeah. So we'll see. But, you know, I, I think that, that AFC championship, you know. And if you want, we got one more game preview to do before a special guest comes on. The Ravens versus Texans game. What are your thoughts? Isn't that already happened? Yeah, no. The, oh, the preview. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick. That was a really interesting game. CJ Shaw looked like he was running for his life the entire game. It's kind of funny how the Texans started their started week one with the Ravens and ended with the Ravens. But it's a it's a really good way to show how far they've come. They Got all these rookies, all the rookies stepped up, you know, and even non-rookies like Nico Collins, you know, still young players stepping up, making that team good. And I don't think they're ready this year, but the AFC South is going to be pretty competitive for years to come. So Texans, I mean, the Jaguars kind of hold it together. They also have who knows with the Jaguars because they're they they're too last year. They won like eight straight to make the playoffs. This year, they like lost eight straight to miss or something. Yeah. So who knows? But like, you know, the Colts, they looked good without Anthony Richardson. Shane Steichen was a great hire for them. And what else was in that division? The Titans. Titans. And then, like we mentioned before with the Titans, it could be a hit or miss. Yeah. But looking back to this game, that the Texans had like no rushing game. It was. They haven't this year. Damian Pierce, like, disappeared. Their leading rusher is Devin Singletary, nine carries for 22 yards. Other than that, it was Shroud for three carries and nine yards, just solely running for his life. And then the backup had two for seven. And, I mean, they were just trying to throw it, you know. They were trying to play to their strengths. Lamar Jackson, on the other side, just had, like, five times as much rushing, 11 carries, 100 yards. The backup pass had Justice Hill at 66 rushing Gus Edwards at 40 Dalvin Cook Jets legend was in there I'm surprised is Keaton Mitchell hurt I'm surprised he didn't get it and Dalvin did not look good no well it's also like his first game it's not like he didn't play with the Jets he played he just sucked he didn't play as much as Chris Hall but that's like self-explanatory yeah because he just isn't as good I mean what I will say about the Ravens is Zay Flowers unlocked that offense Zay Flowers allowed them to go intermediate with the ball, mm-hmm. you know, and 
hit those throws outside the numbers. You know, Andrews is a little bit better inside, I'd say. But I think that that team, Zay Flowers, was perfect for. And they've got Andrews coming back. Isaiah likely still. They're going to have to find a way to use him because he's been great for them. Amazing catch in that game. You know, I... It is sad to see the Texans go out like that. And it was a close game. But once they missed that field goal at half, I kind of had a feeling like, oh, this it's it's going downhill from here. You know, it just wasn't like like their only touchdown was a pun return. And you need plays like that granted in the playoffs to win. But those can't be the only plays you bring. So I'm very excited to see them back with Tank Dell and you know, whatever, but I'm very excited to see them in the future. I think Stroud is going to be great. And, you know, if they can get a running back in there and a tight end, Mm. I think that offense is pretty much set. I feel like they're going to go draft the line though, because one thing I really like about the Texans is they trust Stroud and those receivers. They'll block a sixth guy or a seventh guy because they're like, all right, we know Stroud can make the throw. Nico Collins was great. Tank Dell was great. So they're like, we'll give you time, stay in the pocket longer, and deliver these throws. And I think it was a great offensive scheme mm-hmm. to get him prepared to the NFL and just a great scheme in general. And, you know, it paid off. They obviously made the playoffs. And, you know, next year, they're going to be a f- damn fun team to watch, you know. They do have Dalton Schultz. I don't think he's the answer long-term at tight end. You know, like you mentioned, Singletary did only have nine carries for 22 yards, but he also had five catches for 50. You know, I there's a lot to like with this team. And they do have holes, but I think they're going to be able to fill them. All right, so from right now, we're going to transition over to the special guest segment where we're going to talk about the Chiefs and their matchups. Anything you'd like to say before you log off? Can I make a special transition? No. I tried. All right. Well, see you next week. All right. See you then. Pew. Fuck you. Hello and welcome back to the second uh, special segment of the Dragon's Den podcast. We have returning guest Mackenzie Webb. How are you? Hello, I'm happy to be back. I'm doing good today. How are you? I'm doing great, you know. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, the last matchup we haven't talked about today, and I figured I'd save it for someone who knows a lot more about the Chiefs than I do. And just to kick things off, that Chiefs-Bills game, great game, instant classic. I love that game. Just as a neutral observer, great game. And I got to see Buffalo lose by having a kick go wide right, so... Can't get much better than that. <laughs> but, you know, just take take me through how you think the game went. Yeah, so I was on the edge of my seat, and I feel like we all knew that because always whenever Kansas City goes up against Buffalo, you know it's going to be a close one. And first off, just to talk about the fans, the snowballs. Oh, my gosh. That was funny. All of the Chiefs players tweeting after the game, talking about their own experiences with them. I'm like, that is crazy, but I mean, hey, we knew that Bill's Mafia was going to be tough to see in person and traveling on the road, but I don't know. I think that they had fun with it. In my opinion, it was a little disrespectful, but I mean, if that's the way they want to go about things, whatever, I feel like on the higher end, we ended their season, so it's okay. They can throw as many snowballs as they want, but anyways, to actually go into the game, I think that there's a lot of positives that we can take for this. And if you're a Chiefs fan, you look at this game as something that is great because of this offense. I've talked about all season long, this offense that hasn't been performing very well. You know, everyone has talked about it, the drops, the penalties, the turnovers, but just the way that they have developed, which I want to give credit to Matt Nagy, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes, because So many people thought that this was just going to be another down year for the Chiefs. They didn't think that they would be able to go as far as they have just because of the way that they weren't performing. They were executing. We we weren't having any success at all. But I think it's just great the way that they have all come together and been able to, you know, make it of something more than people thought that it would be. So Kelsey, he had two touchdowns in the game, which was great. 
That was the first time he scored a touchdown in eight games, which was a very long period for him. But Mahomes and Kelsey, they are a dangerous duo in the postseason. And so I'm glad that we finally got to see that because he may have had a few off games recently and not really doing much, not really making that many contributions. But I think the way that he performed last week is very special and something that we should definitely credit him for. And then MBS, I dealt with so much hate on Twitter this season <laughs> for saying, do not give up on MBS. Like I'm telling you guys, Twitter trolls are absolutely brutal. And I am a very sensitive person. Like seriously, I am so sensitive. I cannot deal with it. I dealt with so much hate for making a certain statement that MBS is going to come back yeah. from this. Now, I'm 62 yards, whatever. But if you are following the Chiefs all season, you have to be proud of that because you know how huge that is because it's more than just two catches. Those were two very important catches in the most important game. And I am so glad that he was able to hang on and actually make those completions because that was huge. And ultimately, that led to helping us win the football game. We couldn't have won it without those two catches right there. So I'm very proud of him for that. And they talked about that after the game. They were like, you know, we've never lost hope in him. It's just he's dealt with a lot of stuff from the outside, from the media, but they're still believing in him, which I like. And you see Mahomes are still trusting in him. And then also Rice, he had a game as well. We can always look forward to that, just the way that he's performed and being that top receiver for Kansas City. So I want to look at all of those positives. But on the negative side, the Nicole Hardman fumble, that was extremely <laughs> frustrating. But Kelsey went on his podcast and he was like, you know what? I feel awful. That was my fault. You know, that was my block that I had missed, whatever. But I was a little angry at that. I'm like, why didn't we just hand it to Pacheco? But I know he got hurt on the last play. But Pacheco came after the game. He was like, you know what? We listened to Andy Reid, whatever he calls, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Got a trust in that. That was frustrating, but when you look at it as there was no turnovers, um, so I just I think that that is the number one thing because whenever we don't have any turnovers, we tend to win games. And in the regular season, you see whenever we had all those turnovers, you're losing. And so that is the number one thing. And I don't know. I just I think that this offense is very convincing, and I can see our I can see us getting to the win and I know we'll talk about Baltimore but yeah that kick oh my gosh poor Bass I feel bad for him but I heard that people were donating to his charity that he supports which I'm so happy because I feel awful like I couldn't imagine what he's going through right now that's really tough yeah I mean he's been great for them all year I've seen him he made some amazing kicks in that Eagles game they wouldn't be at that point if it wasn't for Bass if anything they should be more mm-hmm. mad at Diggs for dropping those footballs you know Right. Another thing, I didn't think MVS would be playing outplaying Diggs in this game, or everyone would be outplaying mm-hmm. Diggs in this game. That was that was certainly a showing from him. I think that's very telling of what's going to happen this offseason in Buffalo. But- right. Yeah. And just the way that we let Allen run, that that was brutal because if we let Jackson run like that, it's going to be a tough game. I was surprised that we didn't get to him more and I mean, actually yeah. stack him. The problem with Allen is, like, you have to pick and choose who you want to run on you. You guys did great against James Cook. I mean, 3.4 yards a carry. I think that's, you know, considering what James Cook can do against elite defenses, I thought you guys mm-hmm. had a great game slowing him down. Just comes with the expense of, you know, Josh Allen on the other side being able yeah. to scramble like that. You have to pick your poison with the Bills. Right. Yeah. It's tough. And I mean, I want to give all the praise to Allen too, because I feel like he had a great season and I've always been a huge Josh Allen fan because I just, I think he's a really respectful guy on and off the field, but it's tough to go out like that. And I know you've seen all of the memes of Diggs standing and looking at the confetti at Arrowhead and then they have it three times now and they're like, oh, he's still standing there. When's he going to leave? I was like, and it's, oh, and it's that's been the so first neat. time. <laughs> Can't do I it love three it. times in a row. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine how frustrating that is to be a Bills fan, but hey. I mean, this was well, Buffalo's best team in a while, and I feel like this was the Chiefs, <laughs> not necessarily worst, but one of their worst teams in a while, and you have to go to Buffalo <laughs> to play that game. Like, 
You mm-hmm. have to win that game if you're Buffalo, and they just couldn't. And right, and that's what I want to look at with Mahomes too, because I think I saw Nick Wright on his show whenever he dropped a banner. He was like, "Yep, yeah, this this may have been Josh Allen's best season, but this is easily Mahomes, not his greatest, and he's still in the AFC Championships and looking to go all the way." So that's why I think that people should recognize what Mahomes has done, working with the little that he has and still being able to get the job done. I mean, of course, the defense was a huge part in that. We wouldn't have been able to go this far without them. But I just think that Mahomes, he has never given up on his receivers. He's still trusting them. He's trying to see things the way that they're seeing them. He's not just trying to force the ball down the field like he was doing earlier in the season. He's not trying to force big plays to happen. He's just you know, letting it roll. And I think that that's been very important for us. Yeah. I mean, you know, like Rasheed Rice, I thought, you know, only four catches for 40 something yards, but I thought, you know, he played a good role in that game, you know, just moving the chains when he, you know, really needed to. And as you talked about before, MVS with those two huge catches really stepped up. I mean, showing what this team could be if everything starts clicking. And it seems like, Everyone's been saying, oh, you know, we just need things to click. We just need things to click. And it's finally happening at the best time. Mm-hmm. So Thank God. <laughs> I mean, at least it's happening, you know. And Pacheco, too. Yeah. Pacheco is yeah. turning into, like, a playoff monster. 97 rushing yards and a touchdown last week. You know, I, very good game from him, <laughs> too. He's he's one of those running backs that's, like, built for the postseason. Like, you just don't want to tackle him. Yeah. <laughs> No, he is. Yeah, he's great. It was funny. I was watching the press conferences from yesterday, and he was. Someone asked him about one of his favorite memes. You know, his what did Pop run like? He was like, you know, my favorite one was that I run like I'm angry at the grass or something, but I ain't no zombie. He's <laughs> like, he's funny. He he's living for it. But yeah, also we only had five total third downs that entire game. So I 100% think that this offense is clicked because we didn't have anywhere close to that in the beginning of the season. And we were struggling on third down, struggling in the red zone, and was finally being able to watch this offense explode and work work their magic. But yeah, I think that still going into Baltimore, though, we're going to have to work on being in the red zone because we can't just continue to kick field goals in a game like this that matters. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, you know, Josh Allen was a pain to stop running the ball. Lamar's mm-hmm. going to be worse. <laughs> you know, it's a different style of running. You know, Josh Allen's more going to – he's still going to juke you out, but I feel like Josh Allen's more willing to put a shoulder into you and get the first down where Lamar's just going to yeah. keep running and running and running and find a way through. So I think yeah. that, you know, Kansas City, you know, as – my co-host Rob said before, they got to, you know, stack the box and make Lamar throw the ball against your, mm-hmm. like, great cornerbacks to make that, like, a really competitive game, I feel like. how Do you see it the yeah. same way, or do you have, like, a different take? Yeah, no, I do. I see it the same way. We are going to have to force him to throw the ball more, which, on the um, other side of that, but I feel like he's done a great job of this season. Like, you can look at the regular season and easily see that the Ravens have been the better football team, but I just don't believe that they will be the better football team in the playoffs. But I think the way that Lamar, because I know a lot of broadcasters and analysts used to make comments like, oh, he should have just been a running back. And they doubted him for so many years on his ability as a quarterback to see the field, to be able to actually work in the pass game and have success with it. But I think that he's done a great job of that this season. And I mean, we've seen that play out firsthand so I think that yeah we're gonna have to try to force him to throw the ball but we're also gonna have to try to get to him more and not give him that much time I feel like with Allen he was just sitting in the pocket for so long just looking and looking and he had all of that time and if we give that to Lamar well Lamar's not gonna stay in the pocket he's taken off but still we we cannot allow that to happen and so I think that that's gonna be huge for us Mm-hmm. But I don't know, whenever you look at the postseason, Lamar's two and three and Mahomes is 13 and three. Experience is everything. That's huge going into this. I mean, Chiefs have been here this time around multiple times, being in the 
AFC championship for six consecutive years. Like it's crazy of what we have done. And people also want to look at the game in 2021 where Kansas City beat Baltimore. But I'm like, I don't think that we can compare that game to what's going to happen now because Baltimore's defense was ranked 32nd that year. Their defense is great now. Oh, it's going to be so tough to right. So I don't think that that game is going to have that many similarities. I don't even think that's comparable. I think it's going to be tough, and I'm aware of that. I think that we're really going to have to step it up on all three phases of football. We really have to work on this if we want it. And I know Mahomes wants it so bad, and the team does, but it's going to it's gonna take a while to get there for sure. And also just looking at the Ravens this season – beating the 49ers 33 to 13, beating the Lions 38 to 6. Like they have really stepped it up in just the way that they've been able to go up against great football teams and win <clears throat> like that, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Ravens are the best when they're able to shut down your run. Like you mentioned that Lions game, Gibbs and Montgomery didn't do a thing that game, you know. They didn't, like, really stop CMC, but they definitely slowed him down in that Niners game. And I feel like that's their key to their defense running on all cylinders. So I think the Chiefs are a great matchup in that you don't have to throw the ball. You can get running, like, gains with the pass almost. The Kansas City does great with Yak in those short plays this year. And I feel like they're going to be able to stretch the field horizontally with a lot of motion and things of that nature to try to break up the box for the Ravens and then try Mm -hmm. to run the ball. Not pass based off the run, but run based off the pass. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that I I don't know. I was I was just talking about this with my friend because usually I have my score predictions and I'm I'm in between right now. Like I honestly I don't know. I think that this could easily be a super close game that could maybe be fan to OT. Maybe it can come down to a field goal. I don't know. I just, I know that these two teams are the best in the AFC and they do both deserve to be here. But I just think that it could go either way at this point. I mean, we haven't gotten an overtime game yet. So I feel like the script is saving one for this weekend or the Super Bowl. So I could totally see it go to overtime. I feel like this could be like a 27-27 type of deal. You know, one of the guys goes down the field at the end of the game and kicks the field goal to send it to OT. I could totally see the Ravens yeah. doing that or Mahomes, you know. I I think it'll be very close until the end. My prediction was yeah. the NFC Championship was going to be kind of a blowout-ish, like not really as good of a game. I think this is going to be the game to watch this year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I do too. I think that it's going to be a battle until the end. And, oh, I love these games, but at the same time, I'm on the edge of my feet. <laughs> It's rough. Like the Buffalo game last year, that's what it brought me back to watching the game last week. I was like, I hope that this doesn't come down to another 13-second game. But that's the thing. When Mahomes has as little time as he has, I mean, do not give him the ball back because he will find a way, just like the Chiefs have found a way this season. It reminds me of like Brady, where when I was younger and Brady had the ball, I'm like, oh, great, you know. I just know he's <laughs> going to go down the field and do something. So, you know, yeah. having that ability is rare, just that clutch gene, and he's got it. You mm-hmm. know, And I've seen a lot of people, like, after the Josh Allen thing, people are like, oh, you know, this is the Brady Manning of our mm-hmm. era. And I don't believe that's the case. Like, what yeah, are your no, thoughts on not. that? No, I, I don't think that it is. And I'm so glad because I saw there was like a timeline of certain games that they had won. And so, you know, the script said that Josh Allen was going to win last week according to the timeline of Brady and Manny. And I'm like, that, that is not the duo. It is not. I mean, hey, there are two very great quarterbacks, but I just do not believe that that is the top quarterback rivalry. I mean, I easily could say that I would rather watch a Burrow versus Mahomes game. Yeah, I was but just I don't say think, that. Yeah, like I, I would rather see that because I feel like that's a tougher battle between quarterbacks because they're both super similar in their own ways. 
talked about unfortunate that Burrow went down like that this season. I was actually looking forward to that. My prediction at the beginning of this year was that the AFC championship would be us and the Bengals again. But I'm not complaining that it's not because I went to the AFC championship where we lost. And oh, that was brutal. The tickets were so expensive. I was so sad. It just wasn't our year. But it's okay. Yeah, we're back. I mean, Great. that's a great rivalry too. You know, like all the Burrowhead stuff was more of a joke. But it just seems yeah. like Mahomes gets those like playoffs it's one and one and i think it's oh and two for the chiefs mm-hmm. losing in the regular season so it seems more i know that allen rivalry is quote-unquote more balanced but i feel like this one is the real like showstopper i'd rather watch they because they mm-hmm. don't match up as much too so it's so much more built up and fun to watch right. to me but i will exactly say, i hope the Bengals make it back to the postseason next year because their OC is one of our alumni <laughs> that they just oh, hired. really yeah so we're we all we're all excited about that over here and uh, we had a segment before we were doing all the coaching carousel stuff and we touched on that before but oh, it's cool exciting. to see we, now, we all thought he was going to get a job last year oh really well his time his time has come now I also just to look at the NFL as a whole all of the posts on Twitter recently now after they announced the new head coach of the Chargers. And now they're saying, you know what? Chargers are going to be at the top of the AFC. They're winning the division next season. They say that every single year. So I just think it's so funny whenever that time around where all of those comments come. They do say it every year. I think they're definitely a wild card team, though. They It seems like they got their coaching higher, right? If they didn't get this right, I think the Chargers are just cursed. Like, if Harbaugh can't do it, I don't know who can. You might need to get, like, Belichick 10 years ago in there. I think that's what you'd have to do to fix that team. Right. Yeah, I'm excited for them. That's going to be fun. And for Herbert to be back. There's just been too many quarterback injuries, but that's another thing with injuries. I'm so glad that we have a healthy Mahomes and not a Mahomes that has a sprained ankle that we were all so worried about this time around last season. Like, I'm glad that he's good. Most of the players are good. We don't have that many on the injury report. I know Pacheco was a little mixed up. I think it was Hull or something, but he said that he's going to be good. And Hull absolutely play. There's no question about that. So, But we did have Joe Thune with a heck hair, I believe. So I'm not sure he's going to play. But besides that, they've all stayed healthy, which is what we need right now at this point. Mm-hmm. So leave it. Leave it off. I know we already talked score predictions, but do you have any like player predictions for the game that you think is going to happen? Anything you want to really say, you know, I really think, you know, yeah. Kelsey's going to get a touchdown or this or something like that. Yeah. So I think Chaco definitely getting in there and I see Kelsey scoring one again. Never want to doubt against Kelsey in the postseason. I think that he is going to deliver this week and he's going to be a huge factor in the game and then i also think that let's think of someone that people won't honestly i could see an nbs touchdown i know that's controversial but i could see that happening i feel like mahomes is going to throw deep to him a bit more in this game and because if you want to look at the afc championship against the Bengals that year whenever nbs He easily had his best game of the season. He led the team in receiving yards, I believe. He had a great game. And so I feel like he's going to put on one of those performances again. I don't know what it is with him in the postseason, but he just, he has a bigger incentive to do better. But I'm not complaining about that. So yeah, I could see him getting in there. And then I feel like we're going to get to Lamar at least three times. I could see Chris Jones getting a sack, George Carwath getting a sack. And I could see and someone then, like a Nick Bolton blitz getting in there. Yeah. You know, the edges really corral yeah. him in there and he could get it. One of your linebackers doesn't have to be Bolton, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or train cool getting back. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of Drew train cool. Beach did a great job in not fighting with the injuries this season and train cool, just being able to step up and they're still rotating him in there just because of the way that he's been able to execute. I mean, it's like, Nick Fulton had never left and never went on IR because Tranquil stepped up, filled in, and 
for a few weeks. I think it was like two, three weeks in a row. He led the defense and tackles and he just did such a great job filling in. Yeah. So I could see him having a game as well. My prediction is I think Rasheed Rice gets over five catches, over 60 yards. I, I feel like his yak ability yeah. is really going to, you know, mm-hmm. the Ravens are very That's good against yak. So I'm interested in seeing mm-hmm. who's really going to come out on top between those two right there. Yeah. All right. Well, you have to do that. Sure. Thank you once again for coming on. Is there anything you want to end with? Well, hopefully go Chiefs. We'll see what happens. But we are just one game away for the big game. So I'm excited. But yeah. we'll see how this plays out. And then you get to see the Chiefs in person. If they really <laughs> knock on wood. They're going out. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the Dragon's Den podcast signing off. And we'll see you for the Super Bowl.